We want to share just a little bit of uh, vision for where we're going. I learned years ago that pastoring, actually leadership actually, but pastoring is, uh, is more than just preaching and teaching the word. It's casting vision. Amen. Without a vision, the people perish. And so we uh, do, do that at the beginning of every year in January. But uh, this year, the Lord has started really talking to us. I believe in March, he really started talking to us about acceleration. And uh, so we, uh, we were preaching out real strong. And, you know, you know if you want something, preach it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, so we started preaching it. And we had such acceleration that we accomplished the vision that we set out in January already. Amen. Praise God. And uh, hallelujah. We got, we got acceleration. And we're in acceleration. Things are accelerating. So... We're going to uh, have another mid-year uh, vision casting time to share what's on our hearts for the rest of the year and going forward. If you're watching us by live stream, uh, this is interesting to you as well. If you've been listening to our broadcast, I just got another report this morning. Somebody in California is greatly blessed and helped. Uh, then uh, this, this is something you can join with us in faith on. Believe God with us. And uh, if, you, if, you, if you know anybody that's uh, living in the area that we're going to be sharing about planting another church in this morning, you need to call them. You need to tell them. You need to say, hey. God's doing something in your city too, you know. <clears throat> so uh, we want to encourage you to stay tuned and listen to what the Spirit of God's saying. Um, <clears throat> I uh, to to share this this morning. We're just going to kind of uh, kind of move on from what we were doing in the over and above campaign. Basically, you can put the screen up <clears throat> of the report. We had a <clears throat> goal of one hundred fifteen. Excuse me. Yeah, it was one hundred fifteen thousand. You remember the screen? The old screen used to say that. To, for the over and above campaign, that was for the uh, parking lot and that was for the sign. Primarily, there was some landscaping in there as well. And so uh, the cost of the parking lot came way down. Uh, it might, there, there might be just a few dollars added on to what it is right now, but uh, it came way down. And so the actual amount we needed from the church here was 85000 rather than 115000 That's a pretty good change. <clears throat> or that's how, let me say that. It's the better way to say it is that's how much God has brought in, 85. Six hundred and ninety, and uh, really, that's just a twelve thousand dollar and seven hundred dollar, twelve thousand seven hundred dollar uh, uh, balance there on that, and that used to be huge, and now that's just uh, Starbucks money. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I had told you that we had completed the campaign, but I was wrong. I was wrong one other time when I was seven years old too, but. <laughs> So uh, that's where that is. And so we'll take care of that real quick. And uh, I count it pretty much done. How many of you count it done? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I wanted to update you on that. We'll get uh, some further things uh, uh, together for the sign out here and get that done. But uh, the, all the money's in the bank for the parking lot and we'll pay it cash. Praise the Lord. Back on May 3rd, 2021... I was preaching down in, uh, Pastor Debbie and I were pre preaching down in uh, DeSoto, Kansas. And uh, it's not too far outside of Kansas City. And we were actually sleeping in the hotel in Kansas and actually in Olathe, suburb of Kansas City. <clears throat> and uh, I, uh, we finished those meetings. Pastor Debbie was uh, spending some time with mom and I was uh, still in the hotel there that night. And 
I woke up the next morning after, this was Monday morning, I was going to drive home Monday, just fellowship with the Lord. You know, you get in a series of meetings, there's a lot of uh, things stirring in you and a lot, a lot happening in you. And so I just turned my heart and my mind immediately as I woke up to the Lord, just worshiping Him. And I was drawn to some verses in Ephesians and Colossians that talks about the mystery of His will and how that, uh, that the revelation of the mystery of His will uh, is full of the glory. You can read some things in some verses in Ephesians and Colossians about that. And, uh, and I, was, I had been spending a lot of time up until that time just believing God for the plan of God for our lives. I really was focused in on that, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and, and, and the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And you've heard me talk about some of it. That's been a real focus of my faith for, for really probably two years. And uh, I was meditating on that that morning and as I was feeding on these truths, up out of my spirit floated these words. Just as clear, just as clear, just as clear as anything I've ever heard the Lord say. He said, there's a pr- further plan for your ministry here. Amen. And uh, I was, I was uh, a little, I was, that kind of a little bit came out of left field to me. <laughs> Not that I was unwilling or anything. It's just like, Whoa, oh, whoa, oh, oh, yeah. Well, I, you know, that thought had never really crossed. I think I should take that back. One time it had sort of crossed my mind about the, how the fact there's not really many word and spirit churches in Kansas City. You know what I'm talking about? Real faith churches that move with the Holy Ghost. And, uh, you know, but it just kind of went in one side of my mind, went through and didn't think much about it. But when the Lord spoke to me instantly... Just as much as I know my name, I knew what it was. So there's a further plan for your ministry here. And I knew instantly what it was. I tried for, I tried, it, it, didn't, it didn't work. But for about an hour, I tried to go down this road. Well, you know, the Lord didn't say what it was. So, you know, I don't want to put my own interpretation on it and, and, and so forth. It could be this, it could be that, it could be that. And that lasted for about an hour. And then I said, oh, shut up. You know what it is. Stop it. <laughs> I said that to myself, not you. I said, just shut up. You know what it is. Stop acting like you don't know what it is. How many of you know a lot of times we know things, but we don't want to know things? Tell your neighbor, say, he might be talking to you. So I knew instantly, it was, as soon as the Lord said it, in fact, I knew it was a church plan. I knew it. Just knew it that I knew that I knew that I knew. And so... uh, um, that, that set in motion some times of prayer seeking God for direction about that. Because one of the first things I said to the Lord, Lord, you said in your word, the verse I've been praying is in Colossians, being filled, that he wants us to be filled, Colossians 1.9, I believe, be filled with the knowledge of his will. I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, that's not being filled. I only know a little bit. That's not all. That's, there's more to that. You got to tell me more. And he said, I gave you enough to set you, to, to get to direct your prayer life, to set your prayer life, to seek me, to find out the rest of it. And so we had been on that in prayer. That was January, no, June. When did I say May? May 3rd of 2021. That's a, a year and a couple, you know, a couple days here uh, ago. And we have been praying. I told some staff, I told some leadership, and then uh, we eventually, eventually mentioned it to the whole congregation. And uh, we've been praying about that. <clears throat> Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. So really, the way the Lord described it to me, he said, it's like foot- a football game. The kicker kicks the ball, and then everybody, somebody's got to catch it, and then the play starts moving. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, uh, he said uh, I'm the kicker. I kicked. 
and now it's in your hands. How you treat it, what you do with it, determines how fast this progresses. You know, we don't want to get ahead of the Lord or anything like that or get ahead of our faith. But he basically told me it'll happen for, you can take a long time to get this plan going or you can just start moving, just start taking, and whatever light you have, just take the step. So we started doing that and we've been, we preached on that some. And, uh, and so uh, we spent much time in prayer seeking God and God has begun to reveal things. And as we've taken steps, things have begun to fall in place. And so, Spirit of Faith Family Church is about to have a brother or a sister, however you want to say it. <laughs> Praise God. Pastor Debbie and I are pregnant, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, um, you know, the Lord said it's time to run. So, these kinds of things are birthed in prayer. And, uh, you know, one thing I want to say right now, we might say this again, God never <clears throat> robs from one part of his plan in order to fulfill or bless another part of his plan. Spirit of Faith Family Church, Cedar Rapids will not be diminished. It will only flourish and grow and expand. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 3, or excuse me, 2 Corinthians 10, 13 through 15, especially verse 15, Paul mentioned this. He talked about the measure that he had to do certain things. And then he said in verse 15, 2 Corinthians 10, but having hope that when your faith is increased, he's talking to the church at Corinth, that you shall be, in, that, excuse me, that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. He's basically talking about by them bringing their faith to what his assignment was, which was in his case to be an apostle and plant churches. That was his assignment, going all over, starting churches and so forth. By their supply, bringing their supply to that, he said, I can reach further. Yes. Hallelujah. We, we, this is our expectation that by your faith being added to this vision, that we shall be enlarged. Amen. Amen. In other words, their faith added to his faith could expand the kingdom of God. And more people could hear the message that set them free and they could have a home church where they can come and have people, fellowship with people of like precious faith and, be, be, and grow and get all the blessings and hear all the things we've been hearing. Hallelujah. And so uh, that's, that's uh, I, I can't preach too much because I got to stay with what I got to share. But uh, I want you to... Uh, know a little bit more about this this morning. God's been sharing much with us about it. And so we're going to be starting Spirit of Faith Family Church, Kansas City. And uh, that's going to have its own separate faith, I mean, a 501c3 organization. I don't know if you know what that is. That's a tax code churches fall under, tax-exempt tax code. Uh, it'll have its own 501c3. We've got some Google Maps here I want to put up. Um, this is the, the uh, maybe you can dim some lights. I don't know how you want to do it. Thank you. I was going to ask for one of those. Man, you are a Holy Ghost usher. <laughs> so this is the, the Metroplex of Kansas City. Um, uh, the, uh, the Metroplex is about 2 million people. And so, you know, that's including, let me get the button here. That's including everything there in white. And so it's growing. It's a... Uh, it has a bit more of a southern feel. It's not exactly southern, but it's, it's uh, more southern than Cedar Rapids, I'll tell you that. 
<clears throat> so, but anyway, that's the Metroplex. Next, I want to put up a screen that zeroes in on the area we have in our... Oh, oh don't, 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 do it. Okay, I want, to, I want to point it out on this map. You can see some of the suburbs. Right down here is, where, where's Olathe? There's Olathe. You've heard us many times talk about going to Olathe preaching for Pastor Hernandez. He's right there. I, because of integrity, knew in my heart it wasn't appropriate to go to that area. Let me get this button to work. Come on, there we go. Wasn't appropriate to go there because that's just ministerial ethics kind of thing. Uh, we've been uh, invited guests there many times. And uh, to go there and try to start a church off of his people is just called uh, being a sheep thief. We're not trying to thieve people, from, uh, thieve people from another good church. Pastor Hernandez is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful pastor. Good brother. We love him. And so uh, I, I knew in my heart I needed to be a certain distance away or that we needed as a church. And uh, I talked to Pastor Nancy about it just to make sure I'm thinking right. I submit myself to others, you know, in the Lord. And I've actually talked to a number of ministers and they all sort of agreed with the, the way that we're approaching it. And uh, well, not a sort of, they all did, basically. <laughs> and so <clears throat> I knew we had to be a certain distance away and I had in my heart at least a half hour away. And I talked to Pastor Nancy. She said, yeah, that's what Dr. Dufresne used to always say, just out of ethics. And so we started, you know, searching in areas that wasn't close, you know. And uh, one time we were down there, I spent some time just, there's something about two different areas, either down here or up here. And I drove around there for a, probably an hour, just all around in through here. And uh, just nothing was in my spirit. Just, I, and I finally said to the Lord, Lord, this isn't it, is it? And I just knew it wasn't. And I started down here. To come down into here, as I got closer to here, my, my spirit started jumping up and down. And you can see a little suburb over here, Lee's Summit. That's where we're, we're planning the church. Lee's Summit, you can put up the next map. Uh, Lee's Summit is uh, a suburb of Kansas City down there. It's on the Missouri side. Missouri, say Missouri. Missouri, not misery, Missouri. <laughs> Missouri, over here is Lee's Summit. We've been, we spent a lot of time in the last year, well, I don't mean a lot, I mean, I don't mean, you know what I mean by a lot of time. I've been down there, Pastor Debbie and I, quite a number of times over the last year, just driving around, praying in the Holy Ghost, and uh, seeing what God had for us. And uh, as we have, uh, you know, we, we got it real clear, that's it, that's it. And uh, that's 30 minutes away from Olathe, which is a good, good distance for, you know, just for integrity's sake. So, hallelujah. hallelujah. So, we've been uh, praying there, getting direction there, doing a lot of research there. Uh, Lee Summit is a wonderful town. I, I really like the atmosphere of it. Uh, it's just uh, something about it. And so, uh, we're excited about it. And uh, so, really, this, uh, th- we're, we're planting not only a church, we're planting a daycare. Because I was down there one time praying, just driving around. This is sort of, where's 50? Is that 50? Yeah, that's 50 right there. This is sort of, the 470 is a major beltway around Kansas City, uh, 470. And then uh, Lee Summit comes down, you come down here, uh, 50, uh, this is sort of Lee, I'll show you another map up in here is all Lee Summit. But uh, right down in here, I was driving down through here. I came downtown, you can see downtown there, and I was driving through there and the Holy Ghost came on me. And uh, he started speaking to me, and I started seeing all kinds of things. I had to pull off and write stuff down. Uh, instantly, I saw we were going to be planting a daycare there as well. So clear, so clear. I like clear direction, so I'm, I'm sure I know. So that's, that's uh, going to be a part of it. Uh, the daycare will be a part of that. And so uh, let's turn to the next screen, and we'll zo- zoom in on Lee's Summit. 
Well, let, let, let me back up. Let me show them where this is. Let me go back here. Right here, get this button to work. 470 goes right up through here. And then 50, come on button, 50 goes down here. And, uh, and uh, that's the, sort of the main drag through Lee Summit or around Lee Summit anyway. You see this spot? Man, my button's not working. See that spot right there? You can't see it. Maybe get me another battery. See that spot right there where 470 turns and goes up? Can you see that? All right, zoom in here. Now, you'll see that on this next map. This is 470. Somebody get me another one quick. Going bad. Somebody. <laughs> All right, there we go. So uh, the, uh, the beltway there is 470. We have actually... Uh, looked at an area, and I'm going to show you some pictures here, right in here, 500, see those addresses, 500 Northeast Colburn Road, Lee Summit, over here's the red dot, right in there, thank you, maybe get me some batteries, uh, I think they're smaller than that, but anyway, all right, so, but right in there, there's a, a building, actually two buildings we, we are uh, talking to the realtors about, and talking to bankers about. It just, we just, I'm like, Lord, really? And we're just taking steps. And I, I'm not prepared this morning to say, the Lord said. Yeah, I'm not prepared to say that. But we're taking steps. Something just seems to keep drawing us back there. And so, uh, I'll, in a minute, I'll, I'll share more with you on that. But uh, for right now, I want to tell you the pastor's names of the church. Their names are Pastor Jay and Debbie Eberly. <laughs> I, I said, this has, been one of my, this has been one of my faith projects. Lord, really? You, you, no, Lord, you're, no, come on now. We got, we got some spiritual sons. I'm not, anyway, I won't tell you what I, I'm going to tell you what the Lord said. Um, I honestly didn't prefer to pastor two churches. Amen. I talked to Pastor Nancy about it. I said, Lord, if Pastor Nancy talks me out of this, I'm out. Because I'm not too sure I believe in this myself. I'm just being honest. How many of you know you like get, go to hell for lying? Uh, because the pastor needs to be with the people. And I'm like, well, we got to split our time and, and, you know, travel and phew. See, you're not going phew because you don't have to do it. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Thank you. Good job. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I went to Pastor Nancy and I said, Pastor Nancy, I got something I'm praying about and I'm struggling a little bit about it. I know I'm not supposed to struggle, but I'm just telling you. I said, that's this thing about pastoring two churches. I don't know for sure if I believe in it. I said, you need to shoot holes through it for me. Would you please? <clears throat> Tell me I'm thinking wrong. Tell me I'm, 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 all, I'm all off base. And uh, I, I'm just being honest. I talked to her. And uh, I said, Lord, I said, uh, I've been telling the Lord, I, I, I don't know, you know, the, the pastor is supposed to be with the people and so forth and so on. And, and uh, so, Pastor, tell me, tell me what, the, what, what I need to, how I need to be thinking right about this. She said, you got to do what the Lord says. <laughs> That's all she would say. And I'm going to talk to her about that. No, I'm going to kick <laughs> She just wouldn't say anything. She just kept saying, you got to do what the Lord says. I said, well, I don't like what the Lord said. Some of you be more honest, you get further. 
I'm not saying I'm unwilling. I'm just, I'm just that. And so I, I had some fellowship with some ministers, and boy, by the Spirit of God, they started talking to me, and I got my answer. I got my answer. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, I'll start back in uh, April of 2016. Um, praise the Lord. I understand that, uh, that, that this is the leading of the Lord and I receive that. But that means we've got to have people on both ends helping us. And so we will and we'll be talking about that. Back in April of 2016, Brother Randy Greer was here. And uh, on the evening, excuse me, the evening of April 25th, 2016, I didn't know at this time we were going to be planting this other, that we were going to pastor another church. I knew other spiritual sons would go out and so forth. But um, the Spirit of God moved on Brother Randy in the back room. Uh, All right, I'm looking for it here. Uh, And this is what he said in part. You're going to move into apostolic anointing because it's going to be necessary as you go forth, not only here. This is recorded. I recorded it on a recorder in the back room. This church will be known as an apostolic church. There is such an anointing as an apostle of God that we have got to come to, that's got to come to the forefront in the body of Christ with that boldness and that anointing. And uh, he said it spearheads some things. I, I can't go over all this. It's too much time. It, it spearheads some things. It's a, uh, it's a busting out anointing that busts things in uh, and, and gets, gets things planted and so forth. And uh, he talked to me about that and how Jesus had said to Brother Hagin in the Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits Revelation, which actually he put it in two books. That book is only the first book. The second book was... He gave gifts to men, I believe, and it's about apostles and prophets. And he said, you know, we, he said Brother Hagin had that vision, and Jesus spoke to him not only about plans, purposes, and pursuits, but about apostles and prophets. And he said, he talked about the apostles and prophets going to have to come forth because it was necessary for the last day end time move of God. Amen. Amen. And the Lord began to, to I, I, people kept by the Spirit saying that to me, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. God hasn't said anything to me about it. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, you shouldn't just do something because somebody prophesied. That's dangerous. Not that I don't believe men of God like this. My wife has actually said some things by the Spirit. But uh, I just, and I, and I just say, great, just took it on the shelf. If God talks to me and if he moves me into it, I'll say, okay, here we go. <laughs> and so uh, I had some fellowship with some other ministers and I shared some things with them and even about the struggle I was having. And they started saying the exact same thing. They started saying by the Spirit, this is an apostolic plant. And he said, you don't know how long you're going to be there. You don't know this. You don't know how that and so forth and so on. And, and I mean, this one brother, boy, he was hitting it on the head. And I got my answer and I settled. I said, all right. Hallelujah. 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 Isn't it good to settle things? Hallelujah. So we're going to have to have some people help us on both ends. So um, I believe that there'll be people that'll move there to help us on that end in the, uh, in the, with the people and so forth. Uh, but really, 
nobody who does that should get the idea that they could do this on their own. And that might sound whatever you might, whatever you think's fine, doesn't matter to me. I got past you a uh, long time ago. Uh, but uh, that might sound whatever it sounds like, 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 I don't know what people, people think. But anyway, th- what I'm saying is I myself was not allowed to plant a church whenever God called me to pastor. Because I wanted to plant a church. Remember that? And he said, no, you just, you just listen. Just, I'll, I'll lead you. You just let me work it all out. He dealt with me, the pastor. And uh, he wouldn't let me plant a church. So when he spoke to me about planting this church, I said, Lord, I got something I, I, got something I want to talk to you about. He said, you wouldn't let me start one last time. Now you're asking me to start one. What's changed? He said, you didn't have the anointing back there. He said, but that anointing's on you now. There is a totally, there, there is a huge difference between the anointing to pioneer something and establish something and the anointing to pastor something. So nobody that helps us down there, I'm just telling you all ahead of time, should get the idea they could do this without us. Because that anointing isn't on you, young whippersnapper. So everybody's glad to say Amen. So praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, you know, I believe we're going to have people help us down there with the people, maybe do some preaching and so forth. Uh, And so um, no one that uh, no no one should just say, hey, I want to move to Kansas City. You know, people love new things. And they do things because not because, you know, God told them to. They just want something to change. They're bored, and they want something new. Hey, I'm going to go ahead and shuck the corn a little bit. We're going to know by the Spirit if you're supposed to go down there. Right now, I'm not asking anyone to go down there. People come talk to us. We'll say, okay, well, we'll pray about it. But uh, don't just move down there because, hey, I want to help down there. Well, we don't want to have you sitting on the pew down there. Well, if I move there, you'll use me, won't you? Maybe. Maybe. If you're not supposed to be there, maybe not. And by the way, if you're not doing anything here, why would we use you down there? Just because you like a nicer, bigger city with more, more water slides for your kids. If you're not a good example of faithfulness and church attendance and helps ministry here, why on earth would we want that example in front of younger believers in a, in a church start? <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Tell your neighbor, boy, I don't know who he's after, but it must be somebody behind us. <clears throat> you know, people get excited about new things. The grass is always greener on the other side of the fence kind of thing. Amen. You can't re- build anything long range on people like that. If you know anything about starting churches, starting a church, all the disgruntled people in the city and other churches that are disgruntled where they are, they come to your church. So at first you get a lot of transients through. So I'll, I'll have enough of that down there without you. <laughs> Yeah, glory to God. Amen. 
So, but if God does lead you to go down there and so forth, which I'm sure the Lord will deal with some people and the Lord will direct that way, then uh, talk to us. But don't assume you're going to be on staff. Assume you're going to get a job. Well, are you getting a salary, Pastor? I don't plan on taking one until the Lord says. Down there, it's a plant. It's a plant. We, we sow our seed. We, we, we give in to the lives of the people with no, not asking nothing. Amen. Hallelujah. So, when is it going to start, Pastor Jay? Well, uh, the Lord dealt with me. It's not about a particular date. It's when you get it prayed out. And, uh, and then later he said, that being the case, I would be pleased if you would start it by Easter of 2023. What is that, April 9th or something like that? Easter of 2023. That's not much time. <laughs> Amen. Some of you are thinking, are we really doing this? Yep, we're doing this. And so, but I don't believe the Lord would be, you know, just mad at us if we didn't have everything ready by that date and, you know, how building remodels go and stuff like that. It's a process. So I'm not necessarily believing that we'll grieve the Spirit or anything if it's not by that time, but that's our target. And I think it'd be a good time to start. And uh, we'll, just, we'll just keep shooting for that. Right now, we don't know the schedule of services down there. Um, you know, I'm sure there'll be one on a Sunday, but uh, the, the most likely p.m. service, I mean, a uh, Tuesday p.m. service or something like that so that we can be in both midweek services all the time. There'll always be somebody here and there every service. Um, so, hallelujah. If you know somebody in Lee's Summit in that area of Kansas City that uh, is hungry for the Word of God, then uh, tell them about the church plant and hook up with us. Praise God. Join your faith with ours. That's for anyone watching on live stream, too. Praise God. Now, what about the next steps? What are we going to do to get there? How many of you know how to eat an elephant? You got it. One bite at a time. Uh, There's a lot of people that would like to have planted a church, but they don't want to plant a church. Does that make sense? In other words, there's, there's a lot of steps you know, the Bible talks about the step. We walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham. It, it, it require, requires steps. It requires, you know, taking one thing and then taking something else and taking something else. So uh, what steps are we going to take? We're going to take the steps of acquiring a building. Um, getting a place. You know, obviously, we've got to meet somewhere. We can't meet in the park. I mean, you can do that for a while until it rains, you know. <laughs> And people don't come when it's real hot or real cold either, you know. <laughs> you just think practically, you know, you got to have a building. So that's a step of faith. That's what we're, we're, we're looking for, we're, we're, we're moving towards right now. Um, I really have it in my heart to have some things in place by the first service. In other words, not start in a living room of a house. I'm willing to, totally willing to. Be, be, be fine with me. I wouldn't, be, be no problem with me. But uh, it just doesn't seem right in my heart. seems right to have a building, have a location, so that the church can have an identity. And uh, people can, you know, know exactly where their church is. And um, so that's, that's in my heart to do it that way. And uh, I, I have it in my heart to, on the first service, just have certain things in place. Certain, uh, certain equipment, you know, sound system and some, some, maybe some tables and stuff in the children's rooms. And... <laughs> And, uh, and uh, some praise and worship that's on tune, you know. And 
<laughs> Amen. <laughs> and some instruments. We'd like to hear a little bit of instrumentation. So that's just in my heart to have that. And so, uh, you know, uh, to have some, some ushers in place and so forth for the first service. And uh, so we're looking at a building. And I say looking at because I keep saying, I keep, I keep having the sense, just keep moving towards this. But I can't say the Lord has said, thus saith the Lord. You know what I'm talking about? So I've got to settle that. Between Pastor Debbie and I, we've got to settle that. She, she thinks she settled it, and that's great. But uh, <laughs> I, I've got to be able to go back and say, Lord, you said to me. <laughs> I respect my wife, but you understand, you've got to know for yourself. And so uh, we want to just show you what we're looking at, uh, if you can handle it. Are you sure? Yes. Look at these pictures here. We've got a first picture of, of one. This is about 18,000 square feet. And, uh, and uh, really, we've looked at, I don't know how many buildings down there, different things and stuff. Uh, and nothing just was really just grabbing us. But this one, whoa, Lord. That's 18,000 square feet. And it's full of tenants right now. <clears throat> it's got, it's got uh, the, the uh, Missouri DNR in there, Department of Natural Resources. We want to curry favor with them. I can go deer hunting. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, anyway, this property, remember that map? Can you back up to the previous one where the map of Lee's Summit? Well, actually, yeah, that one. See that, that dot right there? That's right there, that property I just showed you. Now, I want to show you this. This is for a major beltway, major beltway. And it is the easiest thing in the world. Boom, boom, and you're there. Boom, right there, and you're there. You're done, church. Woo, there you can go there, or you can go right there. It's just an amazing access way. And it's got car dealerships all around it, Adam. Where's Adam? There he is, all around there. Car dealers. <laughs> Car dealers all around there. And so it's a beautiful building. And, uh, but that's not the only thing there. Let's show that. Okay, go to that next picture you just showed. Go to that. Okay, and then, and then if, you were, if I was standing right here looking at it, I'd be standing right at another building on the same property. Can you show a picture of that? Nope. There you go. There you go. That's 500 East Colburn Road drive, excuse me, and a uh, road, excuse me, it's road. So that's 500 and 520. Now this one's 10,000 square feet. I think they got a couple more pictures. These are all full of tenants right now. That's another backside of the 520, the 10,000 one. I think they got another one of the other building or maybe they already showed it. There it is. So these buildings together are 28,000 feet, square feet. And uh, I'm like, ooh, really? <laughs> Really? So we're just taking steps, finding more out about it, uh, talking to the realtors, you know, getting all the information, doing our due diligence. And uh, it seems amazing to me. <laughs> Amen. But uh, we keep getting drawn to it. And I'm not here to tell you right now the Lord said, because it's because, because. <laughs> That's a big chunk of faith. Amen. But the thing about it is, it's full of tenants. 
And I don't know if you know anything about tenants is they pay mortgage. They pay your mortgage. And, uh, you know, I didn't ask the Lord to be a landlord. So I'm saying, Lord, is that what we're supposed to do? What's... And uh, so we're just making steps toward it, doing the research, getting the... Fi- they didn't have clear enough financials for us. We wanted to see the last three years of financials and just make sure it's paying the bills and everything. This one's got a new roof on it. Uh, yeah, that dot, where did it go again? Anyway, so uh, the high part over here, uh, my backwards, what's going on? There it is. Anyway, the high part, you can see the high part? That would be, make for a good auditorium to start out with. And uh, the part on the other end of that, it's about, I think, 4,000 on the, there, that part right there, where the black pickup truck is right in front of that, the lower part, and that motorcycle. That's uh, about 4,000 or something. Where's Brian? 40-something. 3,800? 3,800. And then all told, I think, if we were to take the high part and that low part, I think that'd be about 7,000 square feet, something like that. And so this tenant, uh, the low part where the motorcycle and the black truck is, that tenant is, uh, they can be moved. And uh, the, uh, we're, talking, we're talking to the DNR, you guys. Uh, we're talking to the DNR about seeing if they'll take less space. You got a good one. All right. Thank you. Huh? It's not laser? Oh, I feel like an instructor. <laughs> this part, we're talking to them about uh, if, they could, if, if DNR can stay there with just that lower part, then we would take the higher part and the, uh, about 7,000 square feet there total and turn that into the church daycare, remodel it, and start right there. Amen. You say, well, if you don't know yet, why are you talking about it? Because it just seems good. <laughs> So, uh, so far what we know about the cash flow, about the building, it is very positive, very, very good. And uh, we could do it. So we're talking to bankers and seeing if bankers would, uh, would uh, look at that, the rent that comes in, and accept that to help us get the building. And I have to, I've, I've got a good connection with a banker down there. Pastor Hernandez connected us with a good banker. And uh, they, would, they, would, they said, sure, we would count that. So uh, we're talking about it. Tell your neighbor we're just moving that direction. <laughs> Many decisions have to be made. <clears throat> hallelujah. I said hallelujah. hallelujah. So we will keep you informed. Amen. Pray. Believe God with us. Yes. Don't pray for the building. Say, Lord, what is your plan? Yes. What is your plan? Uh, go back to the... 10,000 square feet one right across the parking lot. That one there, uh, that has some real good tenants in it. Actually, some, some people, two different sections of this, actually the whole top floor in this section right here, they have, I, I, I wouldn't call them Christian ministries, but they minister to kids. And uh, boy, you talk about a connection with a daycare being right there. That would be something else. So, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, pastor, how much are they asking? Well, we're not going to offer what they're asking. <laughs> they're asking 4.2. You swallow hard and say, what? The wealth of the wicked's laid up for the just. And don't tell anybody, but we met some of their tenants and they're wicked. They qualify. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. 
Well, you've got to sow some seed, don't we? Sure. We already have. Because <laughs> the Lord will keep you ahead of things. <laughs> Over the last five and a half years, toward church plants alone, uh, Pastor Hernandez, Pastor Tim Horton, Brother Keith Moore, uh, that was actually on a building remodel. Uh, but uh, who else? Um, the Akabogus and the Ramos' son-in-law and daughter. All told, how many of you know how much seed we got in the ground all told? Over the last f- five and a half years, over 190,000. You got a screen like that? <clears throat> 190,000. That seed. That seed. Students, that's seed. <laughs> I, feel some, I feel different with this thing in my hand. Uh, <clears throat> what would just a tenfold return be on that? 1.9 million. That's just 10. What if we got a 30-fold return? That's 5.7 million. That's a good seed. Hallelujah. So uh, we're just moving towards it. We'll see. If we ever lose peace, we'll back off. But uh, just wanted to share where where everything is down there with that. So uh, what else? We're we're saying, what are we believing for? That's one thing we're believing for. Uh, Another thing we're believing for is uh, supernatural advertising. The Lord really put that in my heart. Believe for supernatural advertising. And, uh, and so you might, we, we, some of you might want to run, write this down. I think we're going to get a sheet together, the staff, we were talking about it. I think we're going to get a sheet out to you and put it up here on the screens and so forth. And then, of course, building remodel money. And, uh, you know, because once we get that part that I showed you, it'll need to be retrofitted. Uh, daycares require different plumbing and so forth. And you understand some of that, I, I think. So uh, building remodel money. Of course, all the equipment. That includes sound system and microphones, musical instruments, auditorium chairs, office furniture and computers, children's department equipment, youth department equipment, children's chairs, youth chairs. Of course, all the laborers. And... Uh, then the daycare needs furniture and equipment, tables, chairs, and cubbies, and playground equipment, surface, uh, uh, surfacing for the playground, and fence, and classroom supplies, and sleeping equipment, and kitchen supplies, and computer and office equipment, daycare management software, and a van. Because we've got to pick up students from school many times, and uh, they would like to get groceries too, so. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's just to, to get it started. Praise the Lord. That's a lot of stuff. That's easy for God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So those are some of the things we're believing for down there. And uh, as the Lord leads us, he'll, he'll take us right into supply. It'll be light and easy. I said, man, Pastor, you and Pastor Debbie must have a lot on you, a lot of worry. Not a single care in the world. Sleeping better than ever. It's not my job. It's his job. To make sure it's, it's supplied. Our job is just to believe Him and trust Him. Amen. Amen. Then uh, the next thing that's going to go up on the screen is this whole thing really can't happen uh, successfully and, and, and for, for our bodies without an aircraft. 
um, it's, how many of you, it's come real clear what we've been sharing. Now it's come real clear why. I didn't even know all the whys. I didn't know this was coming. I mean, in general, I did. But I just thought it'd be spiritual sons, you know. And, uh, but, um, but uh, so we've got a picture of that, that. You've seen this picture a number of times. That's the one, we're not, that, not that specific tail number, but that's the model that we're believing God for. That'll hold, uh, well, really six people. Um, because to be honest with you, some, some people that help us here need to go there and help us come back and forth some, you know. So we need to be able to carry more than just one or two people. And so this aircraft will do that. I actually talked to a number of ministers. And uh, actually, I just got out, well, this weekend, talked to Brother Randy Greer about it, about this choice of this aircraft. And he said, absolutely, you, you're doing exactly what you need to do. And, uh, of course, that was the leading of the Lord. And the Lord knew that. So, but this is a 421C Cessna. Uh, twin engine, turbo, not, not turbo, excuse me, piston engine. Uh, it's a pressurized cabin, so you can get above storms and stuff, and you can get higher. And uh, seat six, uh, seven, if somebody wants to t- sit on the toilet seat. Uh, <laughs> I want to go. How short are you? Okay, you can sit on the toilet seat. <laughs> Hallelujah. The good news is it's only an hour and 15 minute trip. So, so you can hunch over for an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> and you even have a curtain around you. Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Justin just took his, uh, yesterday was it? Just did your cross-country. Friday, just did his cross-country uh, flight. And so all he's got to do, sometimes he's going to try to do it this week, if the instructor can do it, is do one more flight, a night flight. Does that cause cross-country also? A night flight cross-country with an instructor. And then he then has his uh, commercial uh, license for private pilot. I mean, for a, for a single engine is what I'm trying to say. And... Uh, but. Oh, yeah, he's got to take that test after that, right. So, uh, but that'll get him in the single engine certification to actually fly us and able actually to be paid legally. Uh, We haven't been doing it illegal. I don't don't mean we've been doing it illegally. (laughs) I have not paid him legally. He has to pay his half. And so we've been doing it. But uh, but then we can pay pay him, uh, legally pay him once he gets that certification. And then uh, he's going to go for a few days, probably just do it over two or three days, three or four days maybe, and take a course. We're looking at some ones in different places. And uh, talk to Brother Randy Greer about that. Randy, Brother Randy Greer's flown for since the 80s, I believe. He knows aircrafts in and out. Amen. He's actually getting a 421. He said, that's a good plane. I want one myself. So... <laughs> His family wants to go with him. Anyway, so, but, uh, so then Brother Justin will be able to get uh, the multi-engine certification in, what, three or four days if you go to that course, and then that's also commercial. So he'll be able to legally fly us in a twin. Then he's got to go get a certification for the 421, whatever they call it, certification or initial training for the 421. And then we'll be ready to get, get the bird. Amen. Hallelujah. So um, we're believing God. All these things are, are coming by the faith of God. So somebody said, where's it going to come from? It's going to come from just believing God. Yeah. Just believing God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Brother Justin and I have gone through a faith list 
of things. And the more we learn about this plane, would you please put that picture back up there? Just because I like to look at it. Uh, that, that, uh, is, there's a lot of different, you know, I don't want to go into all the details, avionics and different things that you can get on the plane or not need on the plane, landing gear, different things. And so we're looking at all the different things, and I'm even talking to other pilots who know about it, and, you know, do, do, how important is this, and how important is that, and so forth and so on. And we're getting our faith list down, just tweaking it and getting it down. So we know exactly what we're believing God for. I mean specifics, you know. Do we want vortex generators? Do you know that now? <laughs> but so it's all, it's all uh, just being developed. And uh, I want to show you something. Some of you might have been at this meeting, but when Brother Jerry Seville was here, he ministered to us about aviation. They got that video. Go ahead and show that, please. Pastor, you're believing for an airplane in Jesus' name. Lord, may the same anointing that's on me for aviation and airplanes, you've blessed me with 10 different airplanes in the last 50 years, debt free. Do it for him. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. 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 I receive. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we're looking at where to base the aircraft. I mean, that might not be a big thing to you, but it is a big thing. We've got a, the aircraft. Oh, well, I won't go into a lot. I won't bore you. But anyway, I get excited. I want to tell everything, everything. But uh, the aircraft's got to be based here or there. And you might say, well, why there? Well, it could save us a lot of taxes if Missouri is a different, has different laws. Um, so we're looking into it all. Uh, that doesn't mean it won't, when we're here, it won't be here. You understand. It just, where's the base? And that means that's, that's, that's the state that governs the operation of it and stuff. So anyway, we're, if it comes to here, we're looking at either Monticello or Cedar Rapids. Monticello is closer to our house. I think, I think just a little closer to our house and it's a lot less traffic. And uh, so we're looking at that. But we're being led. Tell your neighbor we're being led. Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, how much will that cost? That's not the right question. Is, is what's the plan? That's the question. What did God say? That's the question. And so I told that story many, many times. You've heard about how the Lord dealt with me about aviation years ago. Now, on the next screen, I want to show you without even, you know, doing any mentioning of funds or anything, uh, already money's begun to come in for this uh, church plant, and they've got a screen. Uh, 10000 is already in the bank for it. Hallelujah. People just started giving, so uh, we put it in that account. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'll say this, and I want you to hear my heart and not uh, assume that we're going to do this. I, I'm, and I'm saying it to join, our, join, join your faith with us on making the right decision about this. We're praying about selling the land that the church owns on Highway 13 and taking those funds to, to help with some of these things. So uh, you, God will show us. It'll, be, it'll get real clear. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So um, all these things will come to pass. There'll be a day we'll turn around and say, look what the Lord has done. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, how can I be involved? Well, number one, we've, we've spoken over and over to you again about prayer. That's been big in my heart. 
big, big, big. Uh, praying is, is how things get uh, established. It's like, it's like praying in tongues. The Bible says we pray mysteries, for example. When we pray in tongues, we pray things out that we don't, our mind doesn't know to pray. Uh, just, just some things that have happened. I mean, if I told you how we connected with the realtor we're, we're using and how we connected with the banker we're using, it was just supernatural. I mean, when God showed us which realtor to use and we called him, I said, I'm so-and-so and, and uh, coming to Lee Summit to pioneer a church and so forth and so on. And I wanted to talk to you, see if you could work with us, help us find a building to get started with. And, and I said, we've been there and we saw one and so forth uh, that we kind of liked and wanted to know if you could show us some more and so forth. She said, well, would it be the 500 Colborne building? I'm like, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> just, just things. <laughs> anyway. But I think things like that, when things like that happen, you just know that was prayed out. She's like, I know the seller's realtor. I know all about that building. And she just started listing off all about it. Yeah, so prayer helps those kinds of things happen that way rather than struggle in the flesh and figuring out things with the mind and all that. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. (laughs) Praise God. So when we pray, what God really has for us becomes clear, and we can keep progressing. Hallelujah. Remember the time we said the Lord, when, we, when the Lord said, I want you to pastor, and he said, I want you to take some time and pray, and I prayed that eight hours, remember that? That was all, many, many, many things were prayed out, and uh, well, we're in another season like that of needing to pray and pray things out. And so you're helping us with that, right? Yes, another thing you can do to help us and get involved, you want to get involved? Yes. You can uh, join with us. We're going to take some groups, whoever wants to go. I mean, we don't have to go as groups, but show up down there at a certain time and meet down there to go down there and hand out flyers about what we're going to be doing. Go into the farmer's market and things like that. Christian concerts. We're looking at the schedule of everything, what they're doing down there. And and so take trips with us. We're going to call them Connect Weekends. Connecting people with what, what uh, God's saying for us to do. And so we'll give you some dates soon on that. We don't have all those dates, but we'd like to do it once a month here uh, up until, you know, cold weather or something. Uh, I don't, I'm not promising once a month, but you understand. It's depending on what is going on down there and what, what days it works for us and all that. So you can uh, go down there with us. Uh, that would be just at your own expense. You know, go down there Friday night. We'll do it on Saturday at the farmer's market. Or when's farmer's market, Katie? Saturday? Saturday or whatever. Drive back home. Uh, whatever you want to do. So uh, you can do that. And then we're going to have a meeting down there in Kansas City. We're looking at one of the last two weekends of uh, September. Uh, we're going to have a meeting down there, just to connect with the vision weekend where we go down there and hold service, a service that weekend and invite these people. That's part of what's going to be on those flyers. Just tell them about the church plant and we're going to invite them to uh, sit under the word and then cast the vision to them. The ones that hear about it and show up. Uh, we're gonna, we just want to connect with them. We want to have a meet and greet, you know, uh, maybe some snacks or something like that. And so we're, we're looking, we've got, that's already in the works, looking for the location to do that and everything since the building's not in place yet. But uh, I believe there's going to be divine connections and supernatural advertisement. The word's going to get out. And uh, so it'll be a ministry service, ministering to the people, but then also that, uh, you know, connection 
with, with them and fellowship. We're going to get to know them a little bit. The Lord spoke to me in prayer. We were praying one time, and the Lord spoke to me real plainly. He said, and we, I found myself praying out these connections with these people that initially we connect with. I was praying about that a lot. And uh, the, I said, Lord, you're having us pray about this a lot. What's the deal? And he said, really, these people, uh, these people are a door into the city. It's important that you connect with these people because they're a door into the city. And he reminded me of the Macedonian man. Paul in the vision said, that man stood up, come over, you know, come over and help us. In other words, bring that message here. We need that message here. Come on, somebody. And uh, that man, Paul talks about a great door was opened unto us and there were many adversaries. I believe that man was that great door. That man, that man that wanted something in his city like what he had heard was being preached over there. So it's important. We need to pray for those individuals and uh, really connecting with them. That's the purpose of that weekend is, of course, getting the word and preaching the word, but then connecting with those individuals who are uh, those doors, so to speak. Amen. Are you enjoying this? Not as much as I am. Then the third thing you can do, I'm talking about things you can do to uh, help us uh, get involved in this vision. Uh, we're going to be eventually, I don't know the date yet, but we'll be having a, another uh, Facebook page, Spirit of Faith Family Church, Kansas City. And you, you might say, is at least Summit or Kansas City? We're, we're advertising at Kansas City down there, but then going to have at least Summit under it. Um, because uh, that, that access, I don't know if you've got that... Uh, that, you remember I showed you that highway that runs right by the... the, the that easily, easily, m- many of those uh, suburbs on the Missouri side, it's like 15 minutes to our church. You can't see it. Back up to maybe two... Yeah, go back up to the Kansas City one. Go back up there. Okay, here's Lee's Summit. Right here, is this the line? I think this is the line. Missouri-Kansas line. That's sort of a psychological barrier. Many people might not necessarily come over here. If they're hungry, they will. <laughs> but anyway, but Grandview here, uh, the zoo. No, it's kidding about that. Blue, uh, Blue Springs. And uh, where's, where's Independence? There's Independence. These are just a skip and a jump down to the church if we end up right there. And... Uh, so, uh, so we're sort of advertising Kansas City, and then we're putting the word Lee Summit under it, because we don't want people to think, you know, it's just for, just for, just a few. Uh, praise the Lord. I don't know. <laughs> Lord, Lord, you make me, you don't make me say anything, but I get this coming up in my heart. Uh, well, forget it. Right there, Unity Village, that's the headquarters of the Unity Cult. So we're going to invade their territory. You say, cult? yeah, they don't believe in the physical death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. To them, it's all metaphysical. And that's a cult. So that's their world headquarters right there. We're glad to move in beside them and tell them who's boss. All right, so whenever that Facebook page comes out, that, that's something you can do to connect with us. We'll, have, we'll cast a lot of vision on there, and we'll give progress reports, and you'll be able to hear, and people down there will be able to hear about whenever the you know, building is being remodeled. Hey, you want to come help them do things and help them remodel the building or whatever? And there'll be videos on there, a lot of stuff, so that'll be a way you can connect. Um, here's another way you can connect, and we have a picture for this. You can avoid the older child syndrome. 
What? I'll tell you what the older child syndrome is. Anybody had, had, a few, had more than one children? And the first one got all the attention? And boy, it soaked it all up. And then another child came along and the parents were splitting their attention between two children? And that older child had a temper tantrum? Well, the new church is the young child being born. And you're the older child. <laughs> Pastor. Oh, well, just avoid it and we'll all be happy. <laughs> I've been monitoring the congregation, just, just you know, keeping my antenna up. Lord, uh, by the Spirit, help me to see if the church is uh, in any way... You know, getting fearful of what's going to happen and, uh, you, know, you know, just not supporting another church plan or anything. And there was one time I got a little whiff of it, but there's not, I don't sense much of it. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> but I just want to address it just in case the thoughts get presented to your heart and mind. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so uh, the founding church sometimes can take a mentality, tell your neighbor it's a mentality, <clears throat> that the uh, younger child is getting too much attention. And we're not getting as much attention now. And, uh, but, you know, the older child has to make the right choice. And the right choice is not selfishness, jealousness, competitiveness for their parents' attention or affection or time. Amen. The right choice is for that older child to recognize the family's growing. And that means everybody has a supply for the family. So rather than be that striped shirt boy right there, we get happy and say, Mommy, can I, can I warm the bottle? Can I do this? Amen. The wrong choice is a choice of immaturity. How many of you know maturity? That, that little boy right there, he has a chance to grow up right now and become more mature. And how many of you know it doesn't change the fact that the new child's going to get, you know, is going to get some of the parents' attention if he pouts? That doesn't change that fact. But it does change how many blessings that little boy gets. Yeah. Yeah, he can make a more mature, mature choice and jump in and bring a supply and be happy. Yeah. <clears throat> Amen. Now, you know, um, you know, sometimes times like this, I'm just going to spend a little time on this. If you can, if you can, because uh, the Lord really dealt with me about it. He, he, it, came, it came on me like a cloak and he started talking to me about it. And so we want to avoid this. And so I want you to be very clear. I want to speak very clearly and let you know we have zero plans of leaving Spirit of Faith Cedar Rapids. Us as, as pastors. If we have our way, we'll stay here for forever and ever. And, uh, but uh, so I, with that being said, though, uh, it's important that you not take the mentality of an older, you know, of a child like that, like he's losing something. You understand what I'm talking about? I remember a friend of ours said, he told me, he, God has definitely, you can see it on his life, called him to travel as well as pastor. And uh, he started doing that, and he was in a church down in Texas. And uh, the, past, the, the uh, people 
just weren't happy about it. They wanted him to stay there and don't go anywhere. And, you know, really it's selfishness. If God's plan is for something more, it's selfishness to just want somebody to all to yourself. And so uh, he prayed about it and was trying to encourage them that this is God's plan for us. He's talking to us about it. And, uh, and the people just wouldn't have it. The board didn't like it and the people didn't like it. And so my friend went to the Lord and said, what do I do? He said, leave. Go to another place. I told him where to go. And they'll support you there. And you can do what my plan is there. And he did. That's not a threat. I don't want you to take that as a threat. I'm just simply saying uh, we should all be happy about God's plan. Amen. Whatever God's plan is, that's what we want, right? Praise God. Besides, our eyes are to be on the Lord. No man is your source. Amen. God will take care of you as a church, just like he'll take care of them as a church. And there'll be grace on us to do that. And you'll have, you'll, 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 this church will go higher. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're just going to talk about it. This church will go higher. Praise the Lord. So our eyes have to be on the right place. And, and, and not supporting something is meaning, you know, because sometimes people, I'm not going to support something that, that uh, I don't know where it's going and I don't know if where they're going. I don't, well, that's, that's fear. What you're dealing with is fear and you're afraid of change. I don't believe pastors or ministers ought to create change just for change's sake. People need, sheep need stability. They need, you know, something, you know, that is, is stable and so forth and so on. But right on the other hand, sometimes change comes because of the leading of the Spirit. And when that comes, we need to all say, yes, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, that's just good help right there. Some of you were here when Pastor Tim Horton uh, announced that he was uh, moving to another city, you know, and so forth. And some of you, it rocked your world. But look back, was any of it founded? In other words, were those fears found, were they justified? No, God took care of you. And he'll do it this time too. I'm just asking you to think about it. I said, I'm just asking you to think about it. These times reveal who was making a man their source and who had their eyes on God. Amen. I've had two times in my life where uh, the one God had connected us to, in both of those cases, they went to heaven. Uh, Brother Hagin and Dr. Dufresne. And I'm telling you, if if I'd have let it, it would have rocked my world. It would have rocked my world. And... uh, but in prayer, both times, very specifically, the Lord dealt with me. Get your eyes on me. I'm your source. Amen. That's not a perfect parallel between that situation and this situation because we're not going to go to heaven. <laughs> and we're not, we're not leaving here as a pastor. But I'm just simply uh, saying that as an illustration to help you to handle change. As well as keep your eye, encourage you to keep your eyes on the Lord. Amen. And le- learn how to deal with the fear of loss. Even though it's unfounded. Amen. You know fear of a thing makes you subject to it. And so um, it's just important that we take some time and talk about that. Hallelujah. The thoughts are going to come. 
to your mind what's going to happen. You know, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Uh, That's not unusual that those thoughts come, but the, the point is do the right thing with those thoughts. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Some people just don't like change. I mean, even if the Spirit of God leads them, they don't like change. But, you know, that's just a lot of times fear. It's fear-based rather than faith-based. Amen. People living in the flesh. I'm going to ask you as the leadership, those of you that are leadership team, I'm going to ask you to help us in this. Help the whole congregation in this. Take the lead in this. Don't give in to it yourself. Amen. Um, This plan calls for all of us to step up and be mature. Be more mature. Not that we're not, but just be more mature. Not be selfish, not be fearful. You know, not taking the mentality, I'm going to pick up my marbles and go home. (laughs) Amen. I mean, we need you now more than ever. Bring your supply to helps ministry and so forth. Hallelujah. And then the last way I want to spend some time on here this morning about how you can help us, uh, how you can get involved, is something we're going to do coming up September 18th. Uh, that's a Sunday morning, and they've got a screen for this. We're going to receive a big offering. And uh, that's going to happen. <laughs> that's going to happen September the 18th. Praise God. And this offering's towards the church plant. And so uh, I want to share briefly with you. I think it's brief. I'm going to try to make it brief. This is really not, uh, I'm going to have to hurry here. But um, God's been dealing with me about a particular way that certain offerings, uh, that he wants us to change about the way certain offerings are received. And so uh, like this one, and we're going to start it with this one. And so I'm going to take some time and share with you, share with you about it from the scriptures. And uh, then on that date, we're going to practice it. Is that all right? Hallelujah. You know, when we give, you might say, well, we're giving toward a building. No, we're, going, we're giving to people's lives being changed. This, this is all infrastructure just simply to reach people. People are worth much more than things. And their life being changed is much, much more than things. You know, I mean, think back before God connected you to a place where you were fed and your life was changed and how much God did for you. And think about others there in Lee Summit area or that area, uh, you know, not knowing what you're sitting under and what, what you're so rejoicing in today, the truths of God's Word, and them getting the same truths in their life. And, and what you can do to sow into that. Families being changed, lives being restored, marriages being restored, bodies being healed, cancer being healed. Glory to God. Minds being renewed with the Word of God. Children and youth, uh, adults, finding the course for their life and fulfilling it. What a privilege. Amen. I remember sitting in Rama, and uh, I think it was second year, Brother Hagin was teaching his class. Uh, we had him every three, every three times a week, I believe. But um, anyway, I remember just sitting there and thinking, I, I've been here for a year and a half. I came out of the Mennonite church. I was so spiritually illiterate. Look at where God brought me. And he's teaching, but I sort of zoned out for a while. And I, I just started thanking God that he had brought me to this place. And my, the whole course of my life was being changed. And uh, I remember sitting there and almost tearing up about it. Just, and I started looking at Brother Hagin teaching. And I thought, all those stories he told about being put in a chicken coop. And if he'd have quit, 
Before he got to me, where would my life be today? So thankful he didn't quit. So thankful for those people that helped fund him to get that message to me. Well, it's only right to take that heart to help it get to somebody else. Hallelujah. You know, good soil is, uh, one of the things good soil is, is soil that, uh, uh, sowing into a ministry that just keeps on helping people. Pastoring is, uh, that's one thing I like about pastoring, is you just, they, you can be with them to grow continuously. Not just one good service or something, you know. All right, so hang with me. Got a few minutes here? Before we go today, I want to teach you a little bit about this. Big offering. What is a big offering? <laughs> well, Pastor, that ought to be obvious. I think I know. Well, do you really? Let's look at it. Years ago, uh, people used to, uh, ministers, and I guess some still do this, they just never said anything about offerings. They just put a receptacle in the lobby and said, whatever you want to do, it's out there. And uh, they, they didn't want to talk much about it because of the fear of what people would think. Well, the word has to be preached in this area just like every other area. I was at a church recently and the minister was ministering. I wasn't the minister. But uh, he never said hardly anything during three services, I believe. Hardly anything at all during the offerings about it, about what we're doing, you know. And, uh, you know, it stood out to me, but I didn't think much about it. It's not my church, not my business. You know, I just stay in my own business. But the Lord kept bringing it back to me. And after three days, I said, Lord, what are you, you trying to sell, say something to me? He said, yeah. He said, I want you to know that's wrong thinking. That's what he did, that's wrong thinking. That's fear of people thinking that he's in it for the money. He just, he just doesn't think right. And he's going to struggle. And I thought, oh, now I understand. He's always struggled. So, praise the Lord. That's unscriptural. Jesus said much about offerings. Hallelujah. Uh, offerings are to be a very honored thing by God. It's, I mean, they are a very honored thing by God. They're supposed to be very honored by us. And so go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number, or excuse me, 2 Chronicles chapter number 31. Hallelujah. Your lunch can wait just a little bit, right? That's pretty weak. Where's the usher? Go order some hamburgers and let them, let them eat. No, I'm kidding. 2 Chronicles, you're, chapter, you're going to chapter number 31. <clears throat> the Bible says here, that uh, they, this is a story of Hezekiah basically bringing revival to the nation. He started throwing away idols and, you know, all kinds of stuff and restoring things to the way God had originally set it up. And the Bible, I won't read all this. This is just, just mark down verses 4 through 10. 2 Chronicles 31, 4 through 10. If you read down through there, down there around, oh, what is it? Verse 5 or something, I don't have it marked. But it keeps talking about heaps. Three times, one, two, three, four times. Four times it uses this word heaps. They, they said, uh, the Lord, uh, they started reading what the law said and they started saying, oh, we're supposed to be doing this. Okay, let's stop doing what we're doing. Let's do what the word says. And then they kept, they, that, that was restoration back to the way God had said things to be. And then they read they're supposed to be uh, giving uh, tithes and offerings for the work of the, the temple. For people to work in the temple for the sacrifices that are supposed to be made and so forth and so on. And they said, man, we haven't been doing that. So they started sending the word out. Okay, we're going to establish this again. Everybody bring your tithes. And they started bringing their tithes. And it said, the tithes of holy things which were consecrated unto the Lord our God and laid them by heaps. They started in the third month and ended in the seventh month. Took them four or whatever months to build these heaps. And when the princes and Hezekiah came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and said, uh, they basically said, what is all these heaps? 
And uh, this guy said, Since the people began to bring the offerings unto the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and have left plenty. For the Lord, look at this, has blessed his people, and that which is left is this great store. A heap is a big pile. It's a big mound. In this case, it was grain and, you know, supplies and stuff. And so it stands for abundance. Glory to God. Glory to God. I believe in abundance, don't you? Praise God. So uh, a big offering. We're going to do that on September the 18th. How are we going to do it? What is, a, what is a big offering? Now, some of you are going to, maybe if you're a visitor today, you're going to go, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, if you leave before I finish, then the Bible says, don't, don't stop a man before you hear it. Don't, don't be foolish like that. Amen. A big offering. Let me tell you what a big offering is. The Lord's been dealing with me about this. Tell your neighbor we're going to do it. A big offering is a public offering, and it is a prepared offering. You got a minute? It's a public offering and a prepared offering. Amen. Well, how how big is it going to be? That's not my business. What might be big to one might not be big to another. It's not equal amounts. It's equal sacrifice. Equal equal putting our all into it. Amen. Let me deal with this, area, this, this issue of the public part first, because I know exactly what you're thinking. Pastor, that's not scriptural. Oh, really? Uh, oh, I'm just getting started with the service. Oh, my goodness. People read or hear you say that and say, no, no, no. Jesus said, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. And we shouldn't give to be seen of men. Amen, brother. Amen, sister. (laughs) That's a double amen. Amen. Big amen. Say amen, brother. Amen, sister. That's exactly what he said. Exactly what he said. Right? We're not to do things to be seen of men. But does that mean that there's nothing in the Bible about public offerings? Not at all. Does that mean that all public giving is, to be, is, is being done to be seen of men? Huh? And the, you can look it up. If you, maybe you believe me, maybe you don't. Matthew 6, 1 through 5, and then Matthew 23, 5. That's where those, you know, people quote those things, and that's where they get it. Matthew 6, 1 through 5, Matthew 23, 5. Uh, people read that, and they say, yep, that's the way nobody should ever know what I'm giving. Well, is that because you don't want to give? Why do you not want anybody to know what you're giving? Not doing something to, to be seen of men is a heart issue. Not actually whether anybody knows it or not. It's, 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 it's dealing with the motive. And l- not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing? We're going to deal with some religion today. Jesus said that in one context only, giving alms, which is giving to the poor. That is not the only kind of giving in the Bible. Why would you, why would Jesus say that about giving alms? Because you don't want to embarrass people if they're struggling. You know, you hand them a check for a thousand dollars and don't, 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 don't say anything. 
I often do it. I guess I shouldn't say it. But uh, anyway, I, I do it so where people don't know it was me. Amen. That's giving to the poor. But that doesn't mean there's not public offerings in the Bible. Hmm? There are other scriptures with other kinds of giving. Uh huh. Amen. Well, you know, Jesus, he said over by the offerings, he watched how people put in and, and so forth and so on. And said that woman that gave that few mites, two mites, I believe it was, she gave more than all the others. And so it's not about amount. Amen, brother. Amen. Sister. <laughs> Not about, it's not about you trying to compete with somebody else. It's where you are. It's where you are. But that verse also says Jesus turned to his disciples and told them how much she gave. If it's supposed to be all secret, Jesus, you shouldn't have said that. He published it in the Word so all of us know. That's not keeping it secret. You ready to have some religion driven out of you today? Oh, glory. God has been dealing with me about this and dealing with me about this. I believe he wants to do something. Hallelujah. Jesus announced and the Bible announced to everywhere the gospel is preached that that woman came and broke that alabaster box on his feet and he told everybody how much it was worth. That's public giving. He announced it. Amen. It's about a year's wages. See, we already got you in a corner. You need to think a little bit about more what the word says. Amen. So if public giving is never to be done publicly, why was there a supernatural move of the Spirit in the book of Acts, chapter 4 and 5, where the Bible said great grace was upon them all, and they started giving big to the early church, and they, they told everybody what they gave? Hmm? I'll prove it to you. Acts 5, 8. Whenever, you remember, Ananias came in, he lied about it. What'd he lie about? He lied about the amount. In other words, he came and he said, this is, we sold a property and this is how much we gave, we, 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 you know, the, the sale price and this is how much we got out of it. And here it is. This is all of it. <clears throat> and uh, he told how much it was. How do we know he told how much it was? Because after he died and the youth group carried him out. It says the young men, Acts 5, 8, when, when, when Sapphira came in three hours later. See, today's service is long, so don't get so bothered about it. Three hours later, three hours later, Sapphira comes in. She didn't even know anything about what had happened to her husband. Now, that's a Holy Ghost-filled church. She walks in. They had coordinated together to say this and lie. And say, this is how much we sold it for, and we're giving it all. And they lied about it. And she didn't even know her husband's out there in, under the ground. They had already buried him. And uh, she comes walking in. And can you imagine? She's walking by. And that's a Holy Ghost-filled church. Nobody on the back row said, hey, Sapphira. Don't say $329,572.67. 
Don't say that. That's a lie. They know it up there. They just let her stomp up there. Nobody said anything. They figured if God started it, he can finish it. The whole church knew how much they gave. Now listen, this is Acts 8 verse number 5. Y'all still, uh, excuse me, Acts 5 verse 8. You're glad you're here, right? And Peter answered her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much, naming the price. And she said, yea, for so much, naming the price. How did Peter know to ask Sapphira, was it 372,000, whatever, was it? How did he know that? Somebody said he had supernatural revelation. It didn't say he had revelation of the amount. It said he had revelation that he had lied. That's all it said about the revelation. So they were saying, how did people know, Peter know that amount? Sapphira, excuse me, Ananias had said that amount. I don't know how much it was. You don't understand. But he lied. And as soon as he said it, Peter knew that's a lie. That's a lie. If public giving is not scriptural, what are they doing giving publicly and announcing the amount? Okay. Praise the Lord. Matthew 6 doesn't say there's no such thing as public giving. And he didn't say it's always, public giving is always equal to doing something to be seen of men. Mm-hmm. You can have a motive of the heart doing it publicly, or you cannot have a motive of the heart. In the Old Testament, and, and we're going to look at First Chronicles. In fact, go there, First Chronicles 29. You see David starting out a public offering and announcing how much he's giving. Didn't he? I can tell some of you are thinking. That's a good thing. Think in line with the Word. And he started it off. Why would he announce that he was giving such and such talents of silver, such and such talents of gold? And then he said, who here is willing to fill their hand and to bring something to build the temple? And all the leadership said, I'm going to do that. Here's how much I'm bringing. I'm bringing this amount of silver and this amount of gold. And I got a whole stash of pearls back here at the house. I'm going to bring all that too. And I got some rubies over here. I gathered that up whenever we were killing Philistines. And I'm going to bring that. And they counted it right there. And it tells us in the Bible how much they gave. How do you know how much if you didn't count it right there? And David let it out. Let it out. Public giving. Now, did he do that to be seen of men? If you read it carefully, he did it to because of his love for God. And listen to this. He's saying, I'm not going to do something. I'm not going to ask you to do something I'm not doing. That's what's going on. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you handle this a little bit more? Not everything public is with the wrong motive. Amen. So a lot of people are just all backwards about this. I know I'm treading on some things that is just sacred cows. I don't want anybody to know what I'm giving. Well, listen, if that's the way you want it and you want to give during that offering, just write on there, do not say name. We won't say names. But, um, and that's fine. But, but I'm just going to uh, challenge you to ask yourself the question, why? Are you ashamed? Are you ashamed that God blessed you with that amount? And that, that, uh, that uh, you know, just ask yourself the question, why? Amen. 
offerings are holy before God. They are holy unto the Lord. And it is not to be tampered with, with fleshly ambitions and things like that. We get that. Jesus said, if you do it to be seen of men, you already have your reward. In other words, you get none from me. You, you get everything. You know, men going, oh, good, way to go. That, that doesn't do anything for you. Listen, men didn't save you. They didn't heal your family. They didn't set your marriage free. They didn't do that. What they think should mean nothing to you. But that doesn't mean it's not right to say, I am so grateful before God for what he's done. I want people to know I love him. You know, one of the, and, and I want to I say that I want to bring this offering to the Lord. You know what? The de- I think the devil hates it because he doesn't want the world to see there's a bunch of people that love God around here. Amen. There's a bunch of people that love God. And it's just not all talk. Amen. All right. So, uh, sure, we know it's wrong to give to be seen of men. We understand that. And uh, their praises shouldn't mean anything to us. But one thing we should do is not be embarrassed. Amen. When we receive this offering, if a little child comes up and says, I'm going to bring $50, we're going to rejoice maybe more over that than somebody says, I'm going to give $50,000. I'm going to do this. I'm going to give $100,000. We're going to just, it's, it, it, the amount means nothing to us. It's between you and God. But I believe God dealt with me to do it this way. Well, how are we going to do it? Okay, I'm glad you asked. Let's, let's switch over here. Um, I, well, let me say this. Brother Hagin's ministry, I noticed in his latter years, it seems like almost, maybe unintentionally, I don't, n- nobody ever announced it was going to be this way, but the Spirit of God started moving this direction in camp meetings. I don't know if you've ever seen any of the meetings. Um, we look at the Word, we're not just basing it on His ministry, but, but the Spirit of God started moving this way, and people started getting up and saying, I'm going to support Raymond, I'm going to give $100,000 towards that. And it challenged people to, to get involved. Amen. And people started getting involved, and I'm telling you, less than an hour, $2 million come in. Cash. Praise the Lord. Well, was God grieved with that? Must not have been. The Spirit of God moved in mighty ways. It was glorious. See, the issue is the world needs to see our honor for God. Not to get credit for what we did, but to show how good He is to us. The world ought to be jealous. Cedar Rapids needs to get jealous of how good He's been to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am out over the aching void. Some of you are not glad, but that's all right. Just stay happy. The Lord brought that memory back to me whenever he started talking to me about this. He said, you remember how the Spirit moved in Brother Hagin's meetings? I was like, yeah, I forgot all about that. But he brought that back to me, and uh, he said, uh, there's, I, want you to, I want you to look at this in the Word. And I could take a lot of time. I got, don't have much time. All right. So uh, I believe there's going to be a tremendous anointing on this. And this is going to be very holy. If, if, it, if it bothers you and, and you can't do it without, you know, that thought, I don't want to be seen of men. Well, then just write on there, do not, do not call name or something. But uh, I believe God's going to get great glory out of this. I believe the devil hates it. I believe he hates me talking about it today. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The world, the devil wants the world to despise us. It's where we're always on the backside of some other building and backside of hidden, hidden here and don't have the best in the city. It's time for the church to stand up and say, we're going to the front. Amen. So notice that in, in uh, let's go over here to Second Chron- First Chronicles now. That was a, if you read that passage, First Chronicles 29, 1 through, what is it, 22 or something, or maybe verse 11. I, I lost track. But especially the first three verses, David said, uh, I have prepared. I have prepared. So remember I said a big offering is a, is a public offering and it is a prepared offering. David here said in verses 1, 2, and 3, verses 1 and 3 especially, 1 Chronicles 29, I have prepared with all my heart. In other words, this wasn't a spontaneous offering. It wasn't an afterthought. I want you to get that thought. It wasn't an afterthought. You give me a few more minutes here? It wasn't an afterthought. It was done with forethought and preparation. You see that? In other words, I have prepared. That's what I want you to see. It was public and it was prepared. Public offering. The Lord dealt with me to meditate on these offerings years ago back here in the Old Testament. And I didn't know what he was getting to until about six, eight months ago. It started coming clear. It started coming clear. It started coming clear. And he's like, I want you to start doing this. I'm like, ooh, the people's going to not be used to this. I said, I want you. He said, I want you to start doing it. Not in every offering. Don't misunderstand me. You know, just a regular tithes and offerings. I'm not talking about that. But in these big offerings. Ah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's not designed to motivate others to give, but it does show other people how important the things of God are to us. And uh, so I believe he wants us to do this. Now, let's look at a little bit more. Let's go to, uh, uh, let's talk about this prepared part. What do I mean prepared? Well, let's first of all talk about tithes and offerings. A tithe, the Bible said, is holy unto the Lord. The Bible said that's already his. It's not ours to give. It's just returning to him what 10% of all he gave to us. It's his. And so that should be brought every week immediately. It's holy unto the Lord. But the offering is yours to give as you purpose in your heart. The Bible says every man according to that he purposes in his heart. So that's prepared giving. Uh, that's something that you plan ahead of time for. And you're going to give extra on top of your tithe. Amen. So you can, the, the tithe is already the Lord's, it's holy of the Lord, but you can say, me and my wife, talk to your wife, get in agreement, be in, be in unity, you should never do anything out of unity, but talk to your wife and say, we're going to, this year, or for, for this offering, we know this coming up or whatever, we're going to dedicate a certain amount of our income or a certain dollar amount or whatever, everything that comes in between now and then, over and above my paycheck, you can do it however the Lord leads you. But you consecrate you and God, you and your spouse, and, and, and prayer before God. Say, Lord, we dedicate ourselves this this offering that's coming up, a certain amount, certain amount of our paycheck, whatever, five percent of our paychecks between now and then, just whatever. However, the Lord, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm saying, however, the Lord leads you, you dedicate that to God. This in our heart right now is being sanctified to the Lord. Soon as it comes in, if you need to, put it in another account. To separate it from things that are yours. Because this over here is ours. This over here, we have dedicated to God. 
And we're piling up over here to give in that big offering. Well, I don't know if that's scriptural. Well, just don't leave yet. Amen. Amen. So offerings can be holy unto the Lord as well. But that's something that we decide, not God, unless he speaks to us about it. But, uh, but here's the thing. That should be separated between now and October. What is it, the 18th? Uh, between now and then, you take whatever you, you've pledged before God between you and your spouse. You take that and you put that somewhere where it's not in your stuff. That's part of separating it. I can't get to that. We're not going to get to that. It doesn't matter. We go hungry. We're not touching that. That goes to God. Amen. And uh, you separate that under the Lord. And then what happens is, are you here with, you here with me? And so that is something you don't touch because it's just as separated in your heart and mind. It's separated as the tithe. And I encourage you to separate it. The word holy means separated. I encourage you to take it, put it in a savings account or do something with it. Get it out of your flow of finances. So it's not there in the checkbook and you say, oh, we got this amount, let's do this. Oh, wait a minute, that was, I forgot, that was dedicated. No, get it, get it separated, get it separated. How many of you believe that the tithe that you give to this, to this work, this church, the tithes and the offerings too, but I'm talking about the tithe, um, that Pastor Debbie and I shouldn't mix that in with our personal finances? You believe that? The rest of you need to believe it. That's holy. It's not ours. Of course, we get a paycheck, just like the rest of the staff gets a paycheck. But, that's, but the tithe is holy for God's work. So you don't believe. Now, let me get another opinion here. Make sure we're all in agreement. We should, you, you believe we should not mix that with our personal finances. Right? Well, any, why? Because anything holy, is, it doesn't belong in our account. It belongs in God's account. Do that with this offering. Decide between now and whatever. You could decide, say, hey, I give 10% of my income. And let's say between now and September 18th, I'm going to take five extra percent of my income and I'm going to put it in account every day. It's not going to come out afterwards after I've paid for the rent and mortgage and the baby shoes. It's just as dedicated. You know what I'm talking about? And separate that and prepare that. Oh, hallelujah. I said hallelujah. And when you get that, put that in that account. And so uh, let's go over to First Corinthians. Let's go over Second Corinthians. I'm going to have to wrap this up. I knew it was going to be long this morning, but you're you're doing good out there, right? Second Chronicles, or excuse me, Second Corinthians nine one through two. Amen. You know what's going to happen when you separate this? You're going to have it when it comes time to give it. Otherwise, you're going to come to Big Offering Day and say, man, the refrigerator went out and the baby needed shoes and I wanted to give, but I couldn't. So here's $5, Lord. Which, listen, if that's all you got, that's big to God. But listen, if you had prepared, see, we need to prepare just as much in giving as we do in deciding every week or every paycheck, whatever it is, I'm going to take this amount and I'm going to give it to God as a tithe or take this amount and put it in an investment, 401k or something like that. We need to do the same thing with our offerings. I'm going to talk to Pastor Debbie. We're going to make some changes in the way we do our offerings. 
We're going to, I, 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 we'll, we'll talk about how we'll do it. But anyway, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. I know the forwardness of your mind. Paul's talking here, I'm in the middle of the verse. The forwardness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that Achaia was ready, ready, a year ago, and your zeal hath provoked very many. They're ready with this offering. In other words, they had used forethought. They had thought ahead about it and decided. I'm going, to keep, I'm going to give this much and I'm going to set it over here. In other words, they, they were ready to do that. Isn't that good? Paul was even led of the Spirit to go tell others to do the same thing. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 3 through 5. Uh, we just read that. Uh, I sent the brethren, 2 Corinthians 9, 3 through 5. Lest yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf, that, as I said, ye may be ready. Underline that. Lest haply if they of Macedonia come with me and find you unprepared. Underline that. We, that we say not you, not even to mention you, should be ashamed in this same confident boasting. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they should go before unto you. He's sending brothers to that church and getting them ready. Go before unto you and make up beforehand. Underline that. Make up beforehand your bounty whereof you had notice before. I just gave you notice of September 18th. Notice before, that same might be ready. Underline, the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as of covetousness. Notice how many times the word ready is in there. Amen. This is setting a time and a place and say we're going to receive a special offering on, and here it was for the poor saints of Jerusalem if you read the whole story. And they set a time and a place and they decided that they were going to get ready for it. Amen. I said, Amen. They were going to collect it at that time. What were they going to do in the meantime? Get ready. <laughs> That's what I'm saying God wants us to do. Amen. Well, what's the difference whether I give it every week or I just save it up and give it all at once? Well, for one thing, it's the biblical thought of forethought. You know, you and your spouse praying and, and get the mind of God and find out where your faith level is and, and uh, agreeing and, and, and setting that aside and just the idea of getting ready like, like this verse says. And another thing, the Lord spoke to me about this. Let's just do it the way he said. I believe we're going to see some signs and wonders. We do it his way. Well, what's the difference? I don't know. Ask the Lord. Well, I'm just going to do it my way. Okay, he won't confirm your way. He said to do it this way. I'm talking about what the Lord's telling me to do. Look at verse 6. But I say, he that sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He that sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. How many times have we used that for offerings, but we didn't look at the context? Huh? He said, get ready. Be prepared. I'm going to talk to... Uh, anyway, I, I'm not going to get into that. Uh, but now, let's get a balance to this subject. That doesn't mean that spontaneous giving is, is not scriptural. The Bible says in member 2 Corinthians 9 7, amplified, he loves a prompt to do it giver. There are times he'll just prompt you. Do this. But I, I, I want to I make some changes in my own personal life and do some things different rather than just say, whatever the Lord tells us to do, we'll give. But pray at the beginning of the year and say, Lord, how much do you want us to set? Now, the tithe just goes to the Lord every week. But how much do you want us to set aside in a giving account every year 
and give that amount? What, what target are we going to shoot for? Is it going to be an extra 5% over our tithe? 10% over our tithe, wherever you're at. You might want to go back where you've been giving all these you know, years and say, what has been the average over our tithe that we've given? Let's say it ends up being 5% or whatever. Then you say, okay, this year we're going to set a faith goal. It's going to be 6%. And everything above our tithe, or everything, uh, every 6% above our tithe, we're going to put it in this count. And then we're ready. God says something, boom. We're ready. We're ready. I like that. Don't you like that? Hallelujah. That might not be the case in your regular giving. But that's these bigger things that the Lord speaks to you about. Hallelujah. I don't think we put enough importance on this. Now, 1 Corinthians 16. Here's the one that just nails it to the wall. Hallelujah. I'm glad you came. Thank you for your patience today. I don't usually take this long, but I'm just, I just got this in my heart. 1 Corinthians 16. Look at verses 1 and 2. I want you to turn to your Bible. I want you to look at this. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2. It just registers on us better if we look at it. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2. Now concerning the collection for the saints. This is an offering over and above the tithe. They're giving this to the poor saints at Jerusalem. As I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. In other words, this just wasn't a one-time thing with Paul. He said, all the churches in Galatia, where I've been at, just came from, I said the same thing. So this isn't a one-time thing. The Spirit of God moved on Paul to instruct people to get ready for giving. Amen? He said this in all the churches. I haven't given the orders to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, that'd be Sunday for us, let every one of you lay by him in store. Now this is not the tithe, because this is very, if you read the whole context, it's the, giving this offering to the poor saints at Jerusalem. There was a famine on in Jerusalem. And they were sending an offering to help people out, help believers out that were struggling. He said, so that's not the tithe. How many of you know the tithe goes to the Lord? I mean, it goes to the, the house of God. So he said, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store. Say that. I lay by him in store. As God has prospered him. See, this is relative. Right? As God has prospered him, that there be no gathering when I come. In other words, there be no, okay, okay, let's, let's, let's raise it. No, no. See, you, you can get rid of all that hype and all that stuff by just everybody praying, seeking God, and getting ready. What did God say us to do? Okay, that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. Is that good? That there be no gathering when I come. And when I come, uh, whomsoever you shall prove by your letter, them will I send to bring you liberally unto Jerusalem, your liberality unto Jerusalem. In other words, people to take it there. So, uh, uh, people don't do this, and then they get the big offering day or something, or, or something God wants them to do, uh, give to, and they go, man, I'd love to give. I'd love to give, but I just don't have it. Are you still there? I wish I could give more, but you know, the baby, all all the stuff that happened. Well, you've known about this for three months. Hmm? See, the Lord said to me one time, he said, I'm to be first, not only in the tithe, but in offerings. Offerings first, just like the tithe. Of course, that's between us and God. That's us deciding we're going to give something to God. Hallelujah. Listen to some other translations. 
He says, first of all, let every one of you. You see that? So that's not just a few of us. Lay by him. And the Amplified says, let each one of you personally put aside something and save it up as he has prospered. That's good. NIV, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with, this, with his income, saving it up. Hallelujah. He's talking about doing that at your house. Saving it up until, uh, let's see, I lost my place. So that when I come, no collection will have to be made. New Living Translation, you should put aside a portion of the money you have earned. Don't wait till I get there and then try to collect it all at once. Weymouth, let each of you put on one side and store up in his house. Where whatsoever gain he has uh, been granted of him. I believe the woost, I believe it says, uh, let each one of you have the habit of putting aside at home whatever he has, uh, he made to, pr- whatever he may be prospered in, accumulating and keeping it in reserve. In other words, you're ready whenever God speaks to you or something. Isn't that good? Put aside something that you've earned daily or weekly or something like that. The point is getting ready. See, this, what this talking about is something systematic, something proportionate, something individual, and something administrated. This is not just, you know, excitement or hype or something like that. It's how the Lord led us. Amen. Did you get anything out of that? Glory to God. We're going to make, I'm going to talk to Pastor Debbie and get, see if we can get in agreement about it, but uh, we're going to make some changes in the way we give. I'm not talking about the tithe. See, that's just every week just goes to the house of God. That's, that's already the Lord's. But this is what we decide to give. Listen, uh, some of you are going into the five-fold ministry. You can stand up with me. But some of you are going into the five-fold ministry. You need to tithe from your church. We can get into this more later. But it's not just, well, you know, everything the church has is God's. Uh, you need to read the Bible a little closer than that. What is God's? I, I, I won't do it injustice getting into it, but, but basically you're not exempt as a ministry from tithing. Who's, who's your pastor? Who's over you feeding? This church gives 10%. I'm not talking about designated funds. I'm talking about the, the general funds. 10% of everything comes in the Spirit of Faith Family Church goes right to uh, Pastor Nancy. Defrain Ministries. Amen? Well, I can't afford to. Oh, you lied. You lied. Amen. Well, we can't make it on 90% of what? Well, the budget was half a million for the church. And if we take 10%, we can't, we can't, we can't make it on, on what? On, huh? On Will the Lord bless that 90% and make it reach? Come on now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe this is all new and you need to settle it and you need to meditate on it and see if it's really God and and so forth and so on. But then I understand that. I did the same thing. I wanted to, you know, just see if I'm just looking at this right and everything. But uh, I'm ready in my life to do this. Glory to God. So this is maybe the first time you've heard some of these things and it's uh, maybe new to you. Check it out. See if it's not scripture. We didn't have time to get into it all. 
there's more in the scriptures, but I think you can see it's there. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I don't believe we should be ashamed of the blessing of the Lord. Big offering day is a time of just giving Him honor and glory. And recognizing, look what the Lord has done. And I sincerely say this, this is a holy thing. It should not be tampered with with man's opinions and man will. Well, they should have, they should have given more. Get that attitude out. If somebody gives five dollars... It might be bigger, Jesus said this, it might be bigger to them than your $100,000. And the Lord receive it much more as a, as a bigger sacrifice as somebody else giving $100,000 or something. Amen. So none of that stuff is in this. We, we're keeping it all clean, keeping it all holy. If somebody did it out of their on, heart of love for God and their honor for God and their worship for God and just wanted to thank Him for what He enabled them to do then we shouldn't tamper with that with human stupid stuff. Amen. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for your word. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. Father, we've know, we know right now we've broken some new ground. It's, it's maybe something we're not used to. But Father, we're all going to search the scriptures, see if it's so. And we're going to also uh, seek you and find out what you want us to do. Hallelujah. We bless you and worship you. Glory be to God. Thank you. Be honored. Be glorified in all we do, including our preparation for what we're going to give. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your honor. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your spirit moving in this way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for lives that will be changed because you receive our offerings to the work that we're called to do. Praise your name. We give you glory and honor. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Thank you, Father. Nothing that we will be able to do on that day will be because of our ability. It will all be because you are big and you are good. You've changed our lives. You've blessed us. And everything we put our hand to has enabled us through your power. You've enabled us to do what we're going to do. Hallelujah. We give you glory. Thank you, Father. Lift your hands in reverence, in honor, in thanksgiving to Him. Lord, I thank you for dealing with us all, showing us what our part in, is in it. And Father God, we'll obey you. We'll do it with humility. We'll do it with, uh, well, really, Lord, just humility. Not with any pride or any desire to be seen, but just simply giving you all the glory. Hallelujah. David, if you read, you ought to read that account where David started that offering off and see his heart in it. It's, it's beautiful. It's pleasing to the Lord. By the way, David, the Bible says, was a man after God's own heart. And he gave publicly and worshiped God with it, publicly. Glory to God. People want to come. You know, you ever heard that song, I want to sing like David sang. I want to dance like David danced. But they don't want to give like David gave. This is part of being a man after God's own heart. Loving Him and loving what He did for us and worshiping Him. And letting others know God has been the one that has enabled me to do this. I give Him all the praise. How many of you can see if it's done right, God will receive it and it will honor Him. Amen.